0: Tales Under a Broken Sky, Episode Three The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe Once. Upon a midnight dreary While I pondered, weak and weary Over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore While I nodded, nearly napping Suddenly there came a tapping As of someone gently rapping Rapping at my chamber door tis some visitor I muttered tapping at my chamber door only this and nothing more ah distinctly I remember it was in the bleak December and each separate dying ember, wroth its ghost upon the floor Eagerly I wished tomorrow. morrow. Vainly I had sought to borrow From my book's surcease of sorrow. Sorrow for the last Lenore. For the rare and radiant maiden Whom the angels name Lenore. Nameless here, forevermore. And the silken sad uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating this some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more. Presently, My soul grew stronger Hesitating then no longer Sir, I said, or madam Truly your forgiveness I implore But the fact is I was napping And so gently you came rapping And so faintly you came tapping Tapping at my chamber door That I scarce was sure I heard you Here I opened wide the door darkness there and nothing more deep into that darkness peering long I stood there wondering, fearing doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before but the silence was unbroken and the stillness gave no token and the only word there spoken was the whispered word Lenore this I whispered and then echo murmured back the word Lenore merely this and nothing more back into the chamber turning open here I flung the shutter when with many a flirt and flutter in their step the stately raven of the saintly days of yore not the least obeisance made he not a minute stopped or stayed he but with me in of lord or lady perched above my chamber door perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door perched and sat And nothing more. This ebony bird beguiling My sad fancy into smiling By the grave and stern decorum Of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, Thou, I said, art sure no craven, Ghostly grim and ancient raven Wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is, on the night's Plutonian shore. Quote the raven. Nevermore. Much I marveled, this ungainly fowl, To hear discourse so plainly, Though its answer little meaning, Little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing That no living human being Ever yet was blessed with seeing Bird above his chamber door, Bird or beast Upon the sculptured bust Above his chamber door With such a name as nevermore But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bust Spoke only that one word As if his soul in that one word he did outpour Nothing farther than he uttered Not a feather than he fluttered Till I scarcely more than muttered Other friends have flown before On the morrow he will leave me As my hopes have flown before Then the bird said Nevermore Startled at the stillness broken By reply so aptly spoken Doubtless, said I What it utters is its only stock and store Caught from some Unhappy master, whom unmerciful disaster Followed fast and followed faster Till his songs one burden bore Till the dirges of his hope That melancholy burden bore Of never, nevermore But the raven still beguiling All my fancy into smiling Straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then, upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly gaunt, an ominous bird of yore, meant in croaking. Nevermore. This... Then, methought, The air grew denser, Perfumed from an unseen censer, Swung by seraphim, Whose footfalls tinkled On the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, Thy God hath lent thee, By these angels he hath sent thee, Respite, respite, and nepenthe, From thy memories of Lenore, Quaff, O quaff this kind Nepenthe, of and forget this lost Lenore. "Quote the raven." Nevermore. Prophet said, "I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, whether tempter sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted." Tell me truly, I implore. Is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quote the raven. Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil. Prophet still, if bird or devil. By that heaven that bends above us. By that god we both adore. Tell this soul with sorrow laden If within the distant Aden, It shall clasp a sainted maiden Whom the angels name Lenore Clasp a rare and radiant maiden Whom the angels name Lenore Quote the raven Nevermore Be that word our sign of parting Bird or fiend I shrieked upstarting Get thee back into the tempest And the night's plutonian shore Leave no black plume As a token of that lie Thy soul hath spoken Leave my loneliness unbroken Quit the bust above my door Take thy beak from out my heart And take thy form from off my door Quote the raven Nevermore And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor, and my soul from out that shadow, that lies floating on the floor, shall be lifted, nevermore. Good evening folks, and welcome episode 3 of Tales Under a Broken Sky. I am your host Keith and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Poe was one of my earliest introductions into the world of the weird, wonderful and macabre. I distinctly remember reading a collection of his short stories from my local library when I was growing up, and the unease and uncertainty that followed me as I read through his work. There were definitely some sleepless nights thrown in as a bonus, as there often is when you are a child with an overactive imagination. But The Raven is one of those works that stands out to me. It was probably one of the first poems I read that was not just pretty verse on a page, but one that contained a story and narrative alongside deeper meaning, even if in my early readings of it I probably missed out on most of that. I always enjoy reading The Raven. At a superficial level. Leaving symbolism aside for a moment, there is something satisfying in reading the poem at face value. For me this reading hinges very much on the lines while I pondered, weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore. I like to think or imagine that these books are the source of the narrator's disquiet and the uneasiness displayed in the opening passages. Most of us, if presented with a knock at our door, wouldn't think twice and would probably move to answer it without second thought. But the narrator's need to reassure himself kindles something more ominous in me. Grief and loss can trigger many reactions in people, but what if in this case, the narrator was prompted to take an action that caused this anxiety. What if his grief at his loss led him to those volumes of forgotten lore and an attempt at summoning the spirit of his lost love, Lenore? Perhaps it was the desperate act of someone devoid of hope, a well-intentioned but ill-advised action, are there really any other kind, that suddenly seemed to be backfiring, In this reading, it leads me to imagine that the raven is itself Lenore, and his search for the spirit of his lost love summoned and bound her to the form of a raven, and Lenore, as she was, is now lost to him, no longer residing in heaven, but destined to roam the earth, hence the repeated refrain of Nevermore. Towards the end of the poem, we see a breakdown in the mental state of the narrator and the raven becomes a constant reminder of the pain and loss he has suffered. Perhaps we can view this narrative as a fable, a warning against meddling with the divine, a warning against a kind of arrogance that leads one to do things without fear of the repercussions, both for oneself and for others. From a more metaphorical standpoint, the poem can also be seen as a journey through the stages of grief. The initial knock at the door and the calling of Lenore out into the corridor as if it could have been her there hints at a lack of acceptance that many of us experience with lost. Even years afterwards, many of us find ourselves thinking of calling a lost loved one to talk about something you knew they would have enjoyed. Or expecting to arrive home, to find them waiting, as they always have. As the poem progresses, we see the narrator beg for freedom from the pain, then beg for reassurance that their loved one is in a better place, then grow angry at the lack of answers to questions they desperately need answered before finally settling into a grudging acceptance symbolised by the raven's persistent presence and shadow that Lenore is lost to them. It's hard to analyse a poem such as this as it has been done ad infinitum over the years. What newness can be added to what is already known about the work? I like to view the raven as a kind of living Memento Mori, a reminder that we all must die and its shadow at the end, a transient, fleeting thing that changes in intensity with the time of day, a reminder of what grief is really like. Sometimes, even years or decades after a loss, it can still hit you like a hammer, and some days you almost forget about it, until suddenly that shadow appears, a constant and unwelcome companion, but one that is also a reminder that we grieve because we loved. And all of that time and those memories are more precious now in light of that loss. Contemplating death and being reminded of death is an uncomfortable experience. But we must also remember that there is no death without life, no grief without love, and no hopelessness without hope. And for me, this is the true power of storytelling. Until next time. Thank you for listening to episode 3 of Tales Under a Broken Sky. I hope you enjoyed this week's production as much as I enjoyed reading and recording it. If you did enjoy it, please consider subscribing to the podcast on your platform of choice and leaving a rating and or review. Thank you again for your time. Stay tuned to hear a brief trailer for the next episode. Tales Under a Broken Sky Episode 4 Virtual Hell He gasped for breath as he came back to life, panicking as he struggled to inhale through his mouth. Had he come back to life only to suffocate and die again his tongue brushed against something hard and round he pushed against it but it refused to budge he tried to work his tongue around it but as his lips shifted something bit painfully into the corner of his mouth a faint memory drifted up through his consciousness a gag that thought opened the floodgate in his mind and everything came back to him with excruciating clarity. The string of murders, bodies dumped unceremoniously in secluded places around the city. Walking around one of the crime scenes, the smell of decay and rot, the bright lights of the morgue, the smell of chemical preservatives and disinfectant. You was a police officer? Yes, 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 that was it. The memory felt so distant in comparison to that of his death.